This is the Make America Grape Again podcast, produced and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. In this podcast, we explore wines from all 50 states in the United States of America. Welcome to Make America Great Again. I'm your host, Cody Vladimir Burkett. And I'm not. Nor is he Lando Carusian, which is why we're doing the Newport Vineyards Gemini Red, which all I remember uh, is that it's a blend of Lando Noir and I think either three other grapes or one other grape. I was in a lovesick haze when I bought this bottle, thinking that I would share it with someone else and it didn't happen. But I am sharing it now with someone else. Named Gary. Who happens to be the someone else that you've shared many of your bottles procured for sharing with that same formerly special someone. Yes. Proof, therefore, that Gary is the specialist of all. Soulmates. Clink. So this is the Newport Vineyards non-vintage Gemini Red. Blend is unknown, other than I want to say it's either 25% Lando Noir Lando or 50, or uh, 50% Lando Noir. I'll find out when I email them, because unlike in the Hawaii episode, they are far in the future and sleeping, so we cannot call them in the middle of the podcast with our questions. On the back of the label, our winemaker has created a dry Italian-style wine with a peppery finish and a hint of oak. Named for our winemaker's twins, George and Victoria, this wine enhances strongly flavored cheeses and pasta or beef. I can so see this with blue cheese. Yeah, this would be an amazing blue cheese wine. Absolutely. Definitely hints of oak. It reminds me a lot of good American Sangiovese. Yeah. So it is a classically sort of Italian blend. I seem to remember thinking that I drank this wine for the first time in the tasting room, which is where I got this bottle uh, with the... Esther Flip? Yeah. She who shall not be named? Except we've named her already. Sort of. Sort of. But anyway. The all-seeing eye. <laughs> I wasn't aware that you knew about my relationship to Sauron. <laughs> it's actually quite a satisfying aroma once it opens up. Yeah. I'm... That sandalwood character is coming out uh, from the oak influence. Dark red flute. Flute. Gosh. <laughs> Dark red flutes. Dark red fruit. I don't get a, a Pinot Noir character off of this, so I know there's not... It doesn't seem like there's Pinot. I want to say... From my vague recollections, and unfortunately, I took a picture of the notes on this wine, and that was two phones ago, and so they have now been lost into the ether, into the cloud, but they did not stay in the cloud. Did they? Do you have those phones? I Some of those pictures I may have. If you have the actual hardware of the phones, we can break them apart and find the memory chips in them and oh, I don't have, well, do some funky shit with them. That phone actually is in here, but I did save some of those pictures from that phone in this phone if that makes any sense cloud is just another computer the cloud is just another computer the cloud is just another computer someone's gonna freaking remix that aren't they yep which would actually be really cool would actually go really well with a line from uh the last jedi which the director said as soon as i heard the actor say that it's like edm djs are gonna use that line what was the line fire on the base oh yeah so we're gonna scroll through this off chance that i still have the picture of the notes which would be surprising, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, no, here's a picture of it in the tasting room, though. <laughs> Whatever works. But I, what I want to say is that this is a four-wine blend, at least this particular vintage. 
The new vintage, apparently, according to Vivino, is Syrah and Cab Sauve. Which would be, I think, completely different from this, but... What do I know? We are talking about the East Coast. This is true. And I don't remember trying any Syrah on the East Coast. I don't know that I've ever had any either. Does anyone even grow Syrah on the East Coast? It grows like a weed in the middle of the desert, so I can't imagine anyone would want to plant something like that in the East Coast. Because controlling the vigor is hard when you only get 12 inches of rain a year. Controlling the vigor when you get 80 inches of rain before June sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. But what I want to say is that this is a blend of Cabernet Franc, Lando Noir, which we're going to talk about in a moment, Merlot, and Cab Sauve. I want to say that this is a four-wine blend. I seem to vaguely remember that. Uh, from the tasting room that day. And it was a great tour. Great, cool look at the facility. Got to see everything in barrel and stuff. Uh, they're also starting to plant Albarino. Rhode Island wine is in an interesting state of flux like Arizona. Case in point, uh, the last time this Wikipedia page was updated is Halifino, um, because it says that there's only six wineries in Rhode Island, and there's now 12. I remember that from talking to people when I was in Rhode Island, visiting most of these wineries with that formerly special person. Gosh, it sounds like I'm still focused on her, and I'm really not. No, you're not at all. But I mean, context is everything. Yeah, context. And, the, and we're talking. What other about... reason is there to visit Rhode Island? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I Rhode can't Islanders. Think of anything really? I have a uh, former college roommate who lives there, but was that the one with the super ridiculously attractive wife? Yes. But we were... barely talked when we lived in the same room, and we barely talked since then, so... But apparently viticulture in Rhode Island began super early in 1663 when King Charles II of England included wine production among the land uses approved in the Royal Charter that established Rhode Island as an English colony. But Prohibition, of course, killed it, because Prohibition killed everything mm -hmm. with its cold, dead protestant fingers not biased at all when i say that nope <laughs> the modern wine industry in rhode island started in 1975 when saconet vineyards was established near little compton so apparently uh because of the climate there uh because of the atlantic ocean uh, the climate there is super moderate mm -hmm. and you still run into problems as we've talked about in the massachusetts episode the southeastern new england ava covers most of rhode island this wine is sourced from vineyards in the southeastern new england ava of course the square area of rhode island is about the same as the square miles of phoenix so i guess this would make cab franc number five if there is cab franc in this which i want to say there is partly because i like cab franc but <laughs> i seem to remember that the only thing i remember specifically is lando noir I will not be reading dramatically from the Big Red Book, though, this time. Gary will. No, he won't. Gary's autistic and a little bit dyslexic and can't read out loud for shit, so... Uh, and I can either? <laughs> Fine. <clears throat> I don't feel as self-conscious when you're reading out loud. Well, yeah, I guess. And this is your show, after all. Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> Lando Noir. Calrissian. A minor French hybrid, son of Landal, son of such and such, son of such and such. Son of, let's fill a whole book in the Bible about this shit. I, I feel like I should have actually sat down to chronicle the genetics of this grape just so I could go, son of Landal, son of blah, 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 son of blah, blah, blah. Also found in a few pockets in the U.S. and Canada. It is a dark red grape. The principal synonym is Landau 4511. Origins and parentage. 
a complex hybrid obtained between 1929 and 1942 by Pierre Landau and Conzio in the Aisne, eastern France, by crossing Landau and Villard Blanc, it was used to breed Frontenac. Oh, no one's going to go curious on a booming. Anyway, uh, reasonably cold, hardy, and early to mid-ripening. Uh, what it's grown and what its wine tastes like. Although this is a French hybrid, it is not included in the fr official French register of varieties. But it seems to have found a little home in North America. In Canada, where it was introduced in the mid-1950s, Caron and Quebec include Lando Noir as well as Landau and Cabernet Saverne in their Frontenac blend. That would be fun to track down. It would be. In the northeastern U.S., where it arrived a few years later, Jewel Town in New Hampshire makes a varietal wine, as do Newport Vineyards in Rhode Island and Farnaki in Ohio. Wines are generally soft and lightly spicy. It is also planted to a very limited extent in Illinois. If only y'all could see the dust floating out of the book as he slammed it closed. It's got a definitely spicy character to this, and I don't know, since I can't remember the other four grapes in this blend, I can't really figure out which grape is doing what. Mm. Um, I can say that as a whole, it reminds me a little bit of a Rune Grenache and a little bit of a Rune Mavad. I could see that. It's got a very Rhone feel to it, at, and to me, Rhone as made by James, the winemaker of Rune. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I want to say the cherry uh, that I'm getting, I'm getting this sort of round cherry raspberry character uh, on the palate more than the nose. I want to say that that might be as imparted by Miss Lando Noir. Mm -hmm. Now what's interesting is that the oak really, I think, is hiding a lot of the terroir that would otherwise be in this wine. But the oak is not overpowering in the slightest. No, it's not overpowering, but it's, it's definitely hiding the characters that normally, when I think of northeastern wines from this region... In green and swampy? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not there. But then again, Rhode Island is a little bit less green and swampy than, than other parts, uh, despite the presence of the Providence Mafia. Let's be honest, Rhode Island is a little bit less of everything than all the other states. It is tiny. Just because of its size. It's so tiny... Yeah, I wish I knew what this blend was. It's like of course, the funny Italian. thing is when I... I'm sorry? It's half Italian, half Rhone. I can't, can't really put my finger on it. It's good, though. Yeah, I, I'm really digging this. Um, I remember it being very good in the tasting room, but I will say that I think that this wine has definitely improved uh, from when I tasted it, God, almost two years ago. Um, yeah, I want to say it was March of whatever the hell two years ago was. That would be 2016. <laughs> was it that early? If you're talking about two years ago. Maybe it was 2017. No, it was 2016. Uh, because 2017 was the year of the disaster. Yep. Uh, as it were. But did you go out there early 2017 or late 2016? Early 2017, because the first time we really hung out was uh, at AWGA party that january and that was certainly early 2017 then because i started working with four tails in 16 that's right and then so it must have been march of 17 yeah you're right it would have been march of 17 and then may she came out june i went back and got the bottle of st croix that's in my cellar and then july was when august went to hell no uh, august, august 2nd was the day as it were. This wine has aged much better than that relationship. Yeah, August was when you came down and we 
I got you shit-faced for 48 solid hours. Yes. Good times. Because that was exactly what you needed at that point. I only remember bits and pieces of that, as I should. (laughs) Yes, as you should. (laughs) This is why Gary and I are friends, by the way. Gary and I know exactly when we need to get each other Mm shit-faced. I'll take one for the team. I'll DD today. Cody's going to be way, way above the legal limit. So, yeah. And vice versa, like the time where we were in Sonoida and I just let you drink. That was such a terrible idea. (laughs) Uh, Or was it? It was a great idea, but it was also a terrible idea. So No, I think what made it really terrible was dragging you to a baptism the next day. (laughs) So I grew up Protestant. Baptisms are like a five minute thing in the middle of a service no one gives a shit really as opposed to being a two-hour thing at the end of a four-hour service oh my god what the fuck did i sign up for (laughs) everything's in threes in orthodoxy but then hey i got to go get drunk with the priest afterwards so that's the beauty of the orthodox church one of the many parts of beauty in the orthodox church but yeah this is overall a pretty good blend i just wish Mm -hmm. i knew more about how it was put together and the blend. I can't find that information, unfortunately. I'll email the winery tomorrow, and, and hopefully by the time this gets posted as a blog entry, we'll have some information. Alternately, maybe I'll just leave it as... Uh, because here's the thing. Even if you're an expert or a sommelier or a CSW, you can't know everything, and you won't know everything. And there are wild card wines, and this is a wild card wine. If this was in a blind tasting, I think none of us would peg this as coming from the Northeast. We would probably be, you know, put this before a panel. It would probably be split evenly between people who say, oh, this is Tuscan, maybe a super Tuscan. And, and then other people are like, no, this is clearly like Southern Rhone, Bandol, Chateauneuf. Which is part of the beauty of the American wine industry is that by not following the rules and creating rules of our own, we're able to kind of play around with things and create really fascinating and interesting wines. And the color on this is just beautiful, too. It's got that sort of beautiful garnet color. Just vibrant purple, purpley garnety. Like the color that you would see in like an Anglo Saxon treasure hoard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, two for two on episodes we've actually recorded tonight of me thinking this is going to suck and then finishing the glass and it being great. Now, unfortunately, uh, we, we opened up a bottle from my favorite vineyard in Rhode Island. Uh, sorry, Newport, it wasn't you. Uh, it was Greendale. Hi, Greendale. Unfortunately, the the cab had had started to go, uh, and it was a cab franc. And we opened that beer. Oh uh, yeah, and then we opened that that beer beforehand, which had definitely passed its prime too. But it happens. So, so all in all, we're two for four tonight. But of episodes actually recorded, we're two for two. Yeah, which is impressive. That's. Do we want to try for three for three? Eh, nah. We'll see. Anyway, until we meet again, let's make America grape again. Okay. Here's an addendum. Addendum? Addendum. Addendum. Thank you, my esteemed colleague. Uh, To the Rhode Island uh, episode, which, well, if you're listening to this now, you already know it's tacked on to the end of it. So, uh, without further ado, I messaged uh, Newport Vineyards this morning. This is Halloween. The Gemini Red is a blend of Merlot, Lando Noir, Pinot Noir, and Cabernet Franc. It is apparently over 50% Merlot. Which actually makes a lot of sense comparing, you know, considering that flavor profile from last night. 
according to the tech sheet that they photographed for me, uh, that didn't have the percentages, unfortunately. Um, but I'm guessing that's kind of the order of percentage that they listed it in. So all the reds are actually fermented separately, treated separately, and then blended before bottling. So the reds are fermented in bins with an unregulated temperature range, 65 to 80, 80 degrees Fahrenheit, for 7 to 10 days. Bottling for this vintage was on 318.16, 3.43 pH. Total acidity was 7.8 grams per liter. 0.5% residual sugar, which may explain that sort of fruity finish, but we didn't mm. think it was sweet either. And then 12% alcohol, so it's a good light blend, but it holds its weight as we discovered. And it's opened up beautifully today. Uh, we're about to uh, crack open some more bottles and record some more episodes after this. So anyway, that's the addendum to uh, the Rhode Island episode. Stay tuned again, and we'll continue to make America grape again. This was an episode of the Make America Grape Again podcast, sponsored, produced, and recorded by Cody Burkett, the Arizona Wine Monk. You can reach us at makeamericagrapepodcast at gmail.com, on Instagram at, at theazwinemonk, or on Twitter at cvburkett. Be sure to also check out our website, makeamericagrapeagainpodcast.com. I'm Gary. You can find me on Instagram at greaterthanwines on Facebook at facebook.com slash greaterthanwines and by email at greaterthanwines at gmail.com. <laughs>